Oh, sink question. So you got you you have a double sink, right? Like we all kind of have like you have like one thing and then one thing. It's not one big ass sink anymore. No one does that. Do you do left to right or right to left when you do dishes? Uh, well, I do right to left, but it's because one has the uh, garbage disposal and the other doesn't. That's fair. I don't have a garbage disposal. I thought about getting one, but it's another thing that would break, and I don't. I don't think I would use it enough to warrant it. Like, I don't cook that much, and when I do, it's just like I'll just throw it in the garbage. It's fine. Or, you know, depending on what I'm doing, the cats can lick it up, and then I'll throw what they don't eat, which is like ninety eight percent of it, into the garbage. Why don't you do like a mean joke or something? I hate you. No, like you get. Like, you, you marry, like, a really fat lady and say, oh, this is my garbage disposal. I keep her in the kitchen. <laughs> oh, that kind of mean joke. Because we live in a society, Cameron. I'm not sure anymore. Fair. So, you know what last night was? What? Last night is the night we normally record Opinions Are Cheap with Cameron and Chad. Hell yeah, it's us too. But it was also the Video Game Awards... Oh yeah, I didn't watch any of it. I was I watched yeah. football with my neighbor while we we didn't play ping pong. We just drank and watched football. It was great. It was normal. Yeah, I, I didn't watch it either. I went to the movies with my dad. For once, we are better than most people, or at least well, anyone I mean, that watched the game awards. I, man, you know, I I was looking forward to today because it's like you know I missed the show, but at least I'll get like some hot takes or some cringe compilations or there'll be a news story about someone getting stabbed on stage or something. It seems like nothing actually happened. I, I'm having trouble finding worthwhile announcements. Baldur's Gate 3 one. It's like, yay. You know what, though? I played like 30 minutes of that game with you, and honestly, fair. That You know, the first 30 minutes of that game, really solid, really good. I Yeah, I think out of the games they put, uh, I'm glad that won. But it, it's also one of those things where I feel like nobody was super invested. Like, for the most part, the categories this year were either super safe or they were so off the mark, no one was happy with any of the nominations. Yeah. And so it's kind of like no one actually cares about the result because they're just kind of looking at the nominations and already feeling, like, okay about it. I feel uh, like Zelda fans are mad, but I think they are always mad. I don't know. Man, this is like the worst Zelda game that's ever been made. I don't know why it was nominated. I don't know. I didn't play it. I I don't understand the appeal of it, man. I just don't. I want to go back to old Zelda games because I'm old and I have nostalgia for like Arcarnia of Time. I haven't played Arcarnia of Time since I was in high school. And honestly, I could play through that. I have it on GameCube. I'd have to go dig out my GameCube. I could play it, though. No one's stopping me. Arcarnia... Ocarina of Time Ocarina. is a very, okay, it's a very, it's a timeless uh, classico on your okay. Nintendo. Okay, okay, for the listeners, and they probably can guess, I drank tonight, and then my dad was like, yo, we got some, you know, Heather gave us some blunts, do you want, do you want to smoke and do a hit? And I said, yeah, and so I'm also stoned, um, weed is awful, it tastes really bad. And I can't tell where the booze ends and the weed begins, but I feel great. So the kids call that crossfading. Do they really? So, yeah, this is something I've learned on uh, VR chat. It's a lot of times I'm on VR chat and someone will log in and they go, oh, dude, I'm crossfading. Ah. So crossfading is a is a when you're when you're working with music in a, in a digital audio workstation. Um is like a term for the in that where if you take two wave files and blend them together you crossfade them together so when you said crossfading i was like oh i do that all the time when i make music because that's part of the process i feel very gen z right now so yeah so there's a slogan uh booze before weed gets you higher indeed hmm because you don't want to do the weed and then the booze because it's uh it's too much downers hitting you at once and it's not a fun time. Okay. But if you drink enough and then have some weed, 
you you get the enjoyment of like that first buzz of the alcohol, but then it like carries into your marijuana experience. I'm just worried about my hangover. Trendy. I don't know. I know when okay, I'm gonna feel like a boomer or an old an old millennials are old now. This whole thing, goddamn, the thinking about time is miserable. So when when I was like drinking early on, my dad was like, Okay, here's the thing. Liquor before beer, you're in the clear. Beer before liquor, never sicker. So you always start with hard liquor because beer's got more water in it. And so you can like taper off with that a little better because you're, you're like you're hydrating as you drink. And ultimately, that that does me better than the other way around. Like that that is a, a, a truism in my experience. You still might be hungover, but you'll be less hungover. And so the fact I that like, there's like one of those for weed now is silly. I like when the crocodile hunter had that one saying where there's like when you ha- when you see a snake and it's like black on yellow, you're a dead fellow, but whatever the other one was, and <laughs> you're, you'll get them mixed up. So the the real rule of thumb when you see a snake is don't touch it. Yeah, that you know what that checks out. I don't touch snakes. Yeah, I that that that's I think that's one of the reasons why Crocodile Hunter was like so successful at what he did was because he actually understood what he was talking about and he actually gave good advice. It yeah. wasn't like a children's show and he's trying to entertain. It was like no no no. Here's the reality about animals. Like, I know how to handle an alligator. You grab it like this, and it can't do anything about it. Don't touch an alligator. You have to learn how to do this right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a a very uh, profound mutual respect for nature and animals. And I think think that's better than, like, lying to people. When, like, parents are like, oh, don't touch a baby bird. The the parents won't want it anymore because they can smell you. And it's like, that's bullshit. No, that's not how that works. Also, don't touch a baby bird. No, 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 that's not true. Yeah, it is. No, it's not. No, it it depends on the bird. There's different. You can based on the beak. Some birds actually rely on scent a lot more than other birds. There's a very small amount of birds where this is applies to, but you can recognize them based on the beak. No shit. Okay, well, you're in California. You get like tropical birds because you're like closer to Mexico. We get like robins and dipshit crows and whatever. Yeah. So. Um, so like with, okay, so with crows, uh, their beaks long enough that they can smell, but they're also intelligent. They're not yeah. like brain dead mice with wings. When you get to like the, like smaller birds that have longer beaks, they tend to smell, but the really short stubby ones actually don't. And they, they rely on other things. That's cool. I didn't fucking know that at all. We are now a nature podcast. Let's talk about animal penises. I'm not qualified to talk about animal penises for very long, but I know some trivia. Did you read the Cracked article from like 2012 where there's like top six animal penises? No, unfortunately, I learned mostly from furries online. Oh, I actually, you had a lot so more visual a, learning. No, I got I got a very I got a very funny Warcraft story where <laughs> yeah, we're, we're doing a guild run. Okay. Okay. We're we're doing a raid on the guild, but it's like we, we still invite some people to fill in like spots that we're missing. And uh some you know, people are f- having fun and they're they're playing well, we we'll invite them to the guild and there's like, oh wow, cool raiding guild. Yeah, I, I wanna come back next week. Uh I think I've said it before, but my role in the guild isn't so much that I contribute to the party. Like I'm not the best player. I'm actually kind of like a filter. Where if people don't get along with me, that means that they're not worth keeping around. Okay. And the the GMs have both expressly said this. <laughs> it's like a rule. So what was funny was we're we're running once. We we had this guy, he was very good, um, like highest DPS out of the group. Like he was way over geared. It's like, oh wow, this we gotta get this guy in, he'll carry us the rest of the game. Uh we invite him to the guild and he's like, Oh yeah, this is cool, yeah. Getting along, it was fine. And then I don't remember what prompted this, but someone made a joke and then somebody else like made a comment about like, well, if it was a snake, um, it would be twice as fun because snakes have two penises. And I said, No, they don't. And then the new guy said, Oh no, yeah, they do. And I literally I said, uh 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 and I'm not kidding. The GM like put in like a raid announcement warning where it's like it's like everyone shut up and let them talk. 
And I, I explained that snakes do not have two penises. They have one hermy pen, which yeah, means yeah, yeah. that it splits and it has two heads. But it's technically I, one organ. I know that from furries, He's, too. Yes. So this new guy was like, oh, no, you're just making shit up. And we kicked him <laughs> because he disagreed with my knowledge of animals and like cringe information like that. And that that made everyone laugh so hard. <laughs> I love that story so much because he's going to go on Reddit and he's going to be like, I got kicked from a WoW guild arguing about snake penises because I was like, they have two. And one guy was like, no, they have one. And the G, the guild leader was like, no, they have one. I agree with the guy that thinks they have one, which is true, but they split and we've all, I'm starting to think. So, I, I mean, I read that cracked article in like 2012 and it was great and it was fun. And it was an introduction to animal dicks. But I do think that the, the whole furry thing definitely like expands the knowledge whether you want it to or not. And not in like a fetish way where things expand. Uh, no, it's but horrible. just in like I hate I hate it. It's it's information that it's like, why can't I remember important things? Right. You're like, why can't I remember important things? But I do know that um a specific type of uh tapeworm or slug. I think it's a slug. No. The fuck was it? it's a flatworm. Flatworm. They have like barbed spear penises, and they like they're ace. They're 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 both gingers at once, and they like when they reproduce, they just like stab at each other, and the loser gets pregnant and maybe dies because their penises are swords, and it's great, and that's really fun. And you say that to people, you're like, oh man, I know a fun fact about flatworms, and then you say that like, what what is wrong with you from top to bottom? And it's like, what do you mean? You don't, you don't know that about flatworms? You do now. I just told you. I feel like I am morally in the right. I, and I don't know why people respect me at work, Cameron. Well, the trick is uh, the time and the place. And you got to, like, if, if you can win enough respect, even though it's possible to lose respect, you'll never fully lose all respect. Okay. I know, you know that, I mean? that makes sense. I did. I had to process that a little slow because I'm high. That's fair. <laughs> I like I like that. We're like, what are we gonna talk about tonight? I was like, I don't know, I'm drunk and stoned, and then all of a sudden we're like fifteen minutes in and it's like, well, we've talked about animal dicks at least twice. So we're off to a good start. Ah, did, uh, we know what's upsetting is I don't remember that full cracked article. Now that I'm thinking about it. I'm trying to go like through all six of them and it's like I don't I can do three. One of them was the one I just did. One of them is cats have pointy penises with barbs on them. And then the last one was that, like, uh, mallard ducks have, like, really weird dicks. And and it's not that important. But they have really weird, like, really long ones because of weird duck rape. Well, they're, they're, they're corkscrews. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 I mean, really weird was kind of like saying corkscrew, but for normies... Um, you, you don't remember echidnas? Do I remember what? Echidnas. Echidnas. No, I don't. Tell me about echidna dicks. Um, eight heads. Knuckles' this pack at eight heads. Is it one for each chaos emerald? It it is, and they're like they're all very very thin and and like creepy looking. Aww. I feel I'm I'm picturing like Rouge the Bat making fun of Knuckles. Why well, I, I just. I, I picture Rouge the Bat, like, flirting with Knuckles over the course of, like, eight games now. And then just, like, one day she, like, stops, like, completely. And be like, hey, did something happen? And she's like, nah, it's fine. I want to change the subject. Did you see the new Fortnite update has Legos? No! Tell me about that. Thank Christ you saved us. So they did a, a new thing in Fortnite where now there's Lego. Okay, I, I regret turning the volume on on this video you sent me. Oh, wow, that's loud. Oh, shit, someone did the Twin Towers in Lego Fortnite. And there's a plane coming. Oh, dear. Can Lego bricks melt steel beams? Uh-oh, the other plane's coming. That one bounced I, really silly. I I don't know... Uh, so okay, let me let me back up. They added the Lego mode, and it's like a survival game where you pick up sticks and rocks, and it's kind of like I'm I'm done. 
like this is going back to the Lord of the, the Zelda game where the whole premise of the game is like, oh, we remember dungeons? Well, no, no, no. Pick up sticks and rocks and craft a shield, and then the shield will break if you block three times with it, and you have to make a new shield. Yeah. And I don't understand the gameplay loop of having fun picking up sticks. Five, six, pick up sticks. So, whatever. So, it's kind of... It's kind of Minecraft-esque, maybe with less uh, freedom. Because it is, like, you know, you can you can get blocks and you can build whatever you want, but it's also, like, a survival game where you can, like, build a fort and monsters will attack, so you have to defend your fort. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. Um, I think the charming part of it, like, the thing that I like is the attention to detail, like, all the LEGO characters... They made, they took like a thousand Fortnite skins and translated them into Lego models. And they even did like animations and stuff. So there's like official like Lego man doing that default dance or the Orange Justice or whatever. And it's very cute. I wonder if they'll um, make like actual Legos of some of these. So I feel like if they went to this length to do this, they probably will. I feel similar. I'm a little surprised they didn't, honestly. Like, I, I feel like the toys would have come before the game mode. It's usually how that goes, isn't it? Yeah. And and the other thing, too, like, someone was just saying, like, what would the Lego sets even be? But I feel like there's a lot of iconic stuff. Like, you can get the, the bus. Yeah. Um, you can do, you could do, like, a little set where it's just, like, rocks and, like, timber that you make walls with. And then have a couple characters with little guns. And, like, each set is going to have a different minifig in it. So you get the, like, the compulsive collectors buying all of them. And you can do, like, a bigger one where it's a tomato town or whatever, if you really want. I know there's, like, a city, right, with, like, grinding rails. And you can, like, uh, attack on Titan, swing around. Like, there's a, I feel like there's a lot of iconic stuff in Fortnite. And I don't know about it because I don't play the game. But I've seen trailers for the game and. Everything in the trailers I've seen, like, oh, that's cool. Like, there's really good visuals here. Like, they put a lot of thought into how this is designed. And you just expand that lot. I mean, there's fucking Minecraft Legos. Like, you can do Fortnite. Yeah, I feel that way. Uh, this uh, this update, though, has been interesting. That, so the Lego part's only one of it. There's also, a like, Rocket League Racing Oh wow! And then that's also, different. they're adding Rock Band. Also different. Yeah, it's it's very different, and it's just kind of interesting because there is the battle royale mode, and there's like all the creative stuff where people make their Roblox maps or whatever. But it, they're basically turning Fortnite into like a launcher for different games. Okay. Which I think is a smart way to like keep things fresh. Because yeah. like if, if somebody's kind of tired of Battle Royales, it's like, well, hey, I already have my RoboCop skin. I may as well use him in this kart racer now. And, oh, I already have RoboCop. I may as well use him in Rock Band with all the songs I already unlocked. Yeah. You know? Honestly, like, I feel like the certain things like, I don't know, kart racing, like, Nintendo's got kind of the market on that. But they don't need to. And when it comes to, like, Rock Band stuff, like, that's kind of come and gone. There's, like, Beat Saber still around, but as far as rhythm games go, there's the big names, but I always associate the big names with, like, whatever released when I was in high school. So if Fortnite goes, hey, you know what we should do is just our spin on shit that people are nostalgic for and isn't really being marketed anymore or doesn't have a market share much anymore... That's really fucking smart. Like, I can't I can't be mad at them for that. Like, that's, you know, go for it, right? And they have all these properties. There's so much uh, visually just different things to work with, different music to work with. They could, You know, if you're Fortnite and you reach out to a band, like, hey, we want to put your band in our fucking version of, of rock band. You know, no one's going to say no. Oh, guess, uh, guess who's coming next week to Fortnite? Is it the M&M's? No, that was last week. Next week oh. is the weekend. Oh, you know he's got some decent songs. He's he's got he's all right. Does he? I don't I don't recognize the weekend. Oh, um, I couldn't name a song. I've heard some, and I was like, weekend. oh, those are good. 
Uh, it looks like his popular song is Blind Lights. Uh, sure. I'm not listening to it. This is the one where he goes, <laughs> Okay, I've heard this before. No, I like The weekend. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's a weird... <laughs> This uh, it's a really big season. This new season that started because the what's funny too, the core like actual Fortnite mode, the the main battle royale thing. The new map is great. They retooled how all the guns work. They retooled movement stuff, um, all kinds of like improvements and quality of life. And then it's like there's also a Lego mode, and there's like by the numbers more people are playing Lego mode than the actual game. That doesn't surprise me if it's new though. No. But it's just, it's like, there's too much cool stuff going on all at once. Oh, you didn't, didn't pace it out. Um, uh, the Game Awards had a trailer for the new Dragon Ball Z game. Did you see that? No, there's a new Dragon Ball Z game. Yeah. I feel like I already played Xenoverse for the first third of it, and I don't need any more Dragon Ball Z games. Like, I feel like a third of Xenoverse is perfect. Yeah, I'm I'm watching this one, and you know, visually, man, they're doing so great. They're they're capturing the style so well. Visually, it's so pretty. I I don't know that I actually want to play this game when it gets to like the gameplay part where they're like kind of standing still and punching each other. I feel like with Dragon Ball Z games, at a certain point, you're just remaking the same game because yeah, like oh, they just turned blue hair. I don't care anymore. Like, I stopped giving a shit about Dragon Ball Z way before then. And then Frieza shows up, but it's not, you know what, it's not the Frieza saga. It's probably after that, and I don't give a shit because I didn't watch that. But look how pretty it is. I mean, it looks great. I can't I can't deny that it looks great. It's very pretty. It looks like Dragon Ball Z. I played the first third of Xenoverse. I got to make my OC and fight Frieza with Goku. We killed Frieza, and I killed Frieza, and I did it. I did it, Cameron. It was awesome. It was my favorite. I never played it again because I didn't need to. Yeah, I don't know that you need to play Dragon Ball Sparking Zero. Uh, it looks pretty, but <laughs> it's not like, oh, finally. We've never had a good Dragon Ball game before. I don't understand it because, like, I feel like there's a lot of Dragon Ball Z games. Like, every handful of years, a new one comes out. And I don't know who's sitting there going, you know what I need in my life is another Dragon Ball Z game to put on my Dragon Ball Z game shelf. I feel like one is enough and two is more than enough, but acceptable. And anything over two is too many. But there are a lot of Dragon Ball Z games. Uh, you're not super big on No Man's Sky, right? I never played it. Uh, Joe did. He said it's pretty cool. I know he's every time it updates big, he usually checks it out. Seems to like it. Um, what I know about it, I think it's neat. I, I appreciate stuff it does. I'll never play it. It's just not my kind of game. Uh, they announced their new game. So not like DLC, but like a brand new game. A brand new game. Oh, that's interesting. It's called Light No Fire. And okay. it's a fantasy game. And it takes place on a world that's supposed to be as big as Earth. And he's out here, like, over-promising again. And everyone's telling him, no, stop over-promising. Didn't you learn last time? And he's, like, replying to all of those on Twitter with a little winky face. Okay. I uh, Social media was a it, mistake. It, it It's, uh... There's things about it where it's like, you know, this reminds me of No Man's Sky. Like, I can tell they're using that engine and they're, like... They're using things they've learned to make this kind of just work at launch. So I'm sure this will have a better launch than No Man's Sky did. It's really pretty. But also, it kind of strikes me as one of these games where you're going to be collecting sticks and rocks. Yeah. And I'm like, please, please invent any other game. See, look, at there's a mount there. A guy gets on a giant hummingbird. That's yeah, very that was charming. cool. And I saw Bunny Man. There was like a guy with little bunny ears. And it's like, okay, I want to see what this game really is. Like, the, the trailer isn't driving me away. I'm seeing little boats, and it's like, I want to see boats. This is cool. But also, No Man's Sky is very, very jank, even though I like it. <laughs> Half the fun is, like, 
going to a randomly generated planet and hoping that it breaks. Sure. So, like, the idea that here's this one map. It's like, oh, well, that's half the appeal gone right there. I mean, this looks cool. I think I think telling me that this is from the creators of No Man's Sky actually makes me less interested. Because I'm going to assume it's based off that engine and that gameplay, which I don't want. Whereas if mm-hmm. this is like a really neat fantasy world that's big with stuff to do, that's that's a bigger selling point. That it's No Man's Sky, but fantasy. I'm like, oh, well, I, I, I couldn't be fucking bothered. And so, yeah, that's kind of my question is what the actual gameplay loop is. Because it, it's a fantasy world, but I don't know if there's like a story. Like, is there going to be a campaign and you go fight bosses and dungeons? Or is it going to be... Like you, you mysteriously find a glyph, and the glyph says you should find the light, and then you follow Northern Star until you find the light, and then the 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 golden era is here, and it right. gives you like a hat and an achievement. Hey, I, okay, I don't want to derail this, but a couple weeks ago or a month ago, I I, I talked about Attack on Titan. And I like that. I'm sorry. I, I don't... You're you're staring at a stationary boulder, and you're like, okay, I don't want to derail this. <laughs> oh, I mean, Cameron, you are very funny. I I, I appreciate that you're in my life. Attack on Attack Titan. Attack on Titan. So I'm 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 halfway into season three. So it's been a bit since I talked about Attack on Titan, and I feel like I want to do a quick update because it's been fun. And this episode is fucking nonsense. So what the shit, right? Season one, good. Season two, better. First half of season three, kind of rough. Second half of season three, don't know yet, haven't started. On the whole, I am enjoying the show a lot. I think there's a lot of good stuff. Um, I didn't have anything planned when I started this part of this conversation, and I'm going, oh shit, I wish I had details. Hmm. I don't want, I, I don't want to complain right away. But also, I feel like parts of season three make me really nervous for the rest of it because there are like twists and turns I really don't like. Whereas season one and two, despite not a lot happening uh, in the grand scheme of things and then being based on like, we're going to learn stuff sometime. I hope nobody dies. And then like they, they try to achieve a goal, but they don't. But it was really exciting until you realize that nothing happened. Like the pacing of this show is weird. But ultimately, I think it works. Like, I can't fault it. I've enjoyed it. But if I pull back and I look at it, I go, you know, technically, I, we didn't learn much and not a lot happened. I don't know if this is good storytelling, but Jesus Christ, in the moment, it's great. So you get into season three and they start maybe answering some questions. And always the problem with these big mystery focused shows is you start answering questions and you're like, yo, that answer fucking sucks. And I feel like oh, we're getting no. a bit of that. Okay. Um, like like the action parts of season three are really cool because it pulls back a bit and it's like, hey, they're not fighting titans, they're fighting other humans because there's actually a big political like back and forth with the 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 structure of this city and who wants to run it and who should run it and who rightfully should run it if you're going based on like monarchy rules. And that's cool. And like people having guns and swords and they're swinging around and fighting each other and stabbing and shooting like really great. There's explosions. Awesome. But then you're like, okay, I I guess season three of Attack on Titan came out a while ago, so if I spoil it, it's not a big deal. I don't know if you want to hear it or not. Oh, go ahead. So one of the things we're realizing is that there's like the monarchy uh, bloodline apparently has like powers, like Titan powers, and they can make people forget things. And so when you're like, hi, the, the, some of the structure of this world, like doesn't really make that much sense. Like, there's no written history and no one really knows how they got to the city and all the Titans are around and it just seems like things work, but you know, there's been a hundred years of, of peace, but kind of not really, but we all think there is and none of this makes sense. And it's like, yeah, it's because they erased their memories. The bad guys did, but are they bad guys? We don't know yet, but they're probably bad guys. They did. They have, they have mutant powers like professor Xavier. I was like, that's horrible. I hate that. I hate everything about that. It's such a fucking bad answer. Then you got characters like Levi and Mikasa who are like the really good fighters. 
And um, and there's another guy named Kenny who's a bad guy. He's also in that bloodline. Uh, they're all related. And the the forgetting powers don't work on them. And also they maybe have really cool like powers that let them enter an anime state when they fight. So they're really good at fighting. And that's fucking stupid. I hate that. It doesn't make any fucking sense with like the tone of the world. Terrible. But there's so much other stuff going on outside this. Like there's a, a military coup. Uh, Aaron has having so much existential horse shit with his titan powers. There's evil titans that turn into like monkeys, but they're giant, like 17 meter tall monkey titans. And so, like, there's like these really good stuff. And I'm like, this is really cool. This is fun. I wonder what this means. And then they start to like drip feed answers. And I hate all of the answers so far. I think they're all miserable. And I don't know where, I don't know where I'm going to end up with this show, Cameron. I bounced off of it after like three episodes. Yeah. Um, so I can only say so much because I don't, apparently I didn't get into like the meat of what it even was about. You did not. But man, no one's ever been able to uh, convince me to go back and try it again. Okay. If I had, if I, if I were talking from the end of season two, I would probably try to convince you to give it another shot. Season two is really good. And I, I think it's really good from a lot of perspectives. Like the pacing of it is really fun. Uh, the drip feed of information is good. Action scenes are really good. The character development is really good. I think Mikasa is a terrible character. I don't like her at all from like start to finish. She's really annoying. What they do with Aaron, I think, is good as far as like he's the main character. Um, I think Armin's pretty good, like the third main character. All the secondary stuff is cool. We get introduced to more like Titan powers and and kind of like the ramifications of some of it in a really good way, like. Season two is fantastic. There's awesome, awesome stuff in it. First chunk of season three. I get that it pulls things back. I think that's not a bad decision. I don't I don't like parts about it. It's when they start giving me answers or the hint to answers. I go, hey, I don't I don't know if that checks out super well or if I, I or it's just maybe a disappointing answer. And there's a lot, a lot left to go. And I don't know who's been lying to me, right? Because I get the impression that some of these characters are not truthful. I also don't know if this show's that smart <laughs> or what it's going to retcon. I think it it, it kind of reminds me a lot of Bleach, where the first season was very coherent, and then each following season seemed to get less coherent. Yeah, I, I watched the first arc of bleach because my brother said this is the only good one i think if you are very young like if you like the target audience is probably like young boys yeah and if you just want like flashy effects and like edgy costumes and stuff it's very cool how some character will show up and they're all like black and white with the mask and they have a the cool extra mask on top of their head even though they already have a mask and also their weapon is five katanas but also, he, when he, he turns into fire and it turns into a sickle, like a Grim Reaper, and it's like, it's a cool visual. If that's all you want out of it, then you can keep on watching Bleach. But the story and the characters don't necessarily, like, hold that well. Yeah. And Attack on Titan's weird because I feel like it is trying to be a lot more than that. There's a certain level of, like, realism and PTSD to what the characters have to go through. Like, they're, you know, they, they go fight Titans, they come back, they almost die, and they're, they're legitimately fucked up from this experience. And they kind of bond over it, and it's, like, really good character writing. And some of them come back either dead, or, well, I guess they don't come back if they're dead, but they, they're maimed or whatever, and, like, it's good. It's like, oh, shit, this is really good writing. I cannot believe this is in a shonen. And then it's like, yo, this is a shonen anime. We're going to do some stuff that is like very juvenile. And, and I, it's an interesting balance. And I, part of me wants to really let it play out and really root for it. Because on the whole, it is, I'm enjoying it. And I think it's pretty good. But the further on I get, like, like season three had some really like rough elements to it it's like this sucks i i don't i don't like where this is going 
and hopefully the back half of season three will be better. I was told it is better, but those people were largely talking from like the action set points. So it's like, oh, the action scenes are really good in the last half of season three. And it's like, well, that's neat, but like, are the plot points good? Are we gonna like fix some of the the shitty things we did in the first half? Remains to be seen. I've been told that the finale was underwhelming. But also, I can't contextualize if that was from someone that actually cared or not. Yeah, and that's and that's where it's at, right? Um, I know it's an anime that's like, hey, the next season will be the last one. They've done that like at least twice. And I think they did it again. Like, no, this is really the last season. So I, I think by the time we hit that, it'll hopefully be done or mostly done. And we'll actually get to catch up because I think it started releasing. I don't know. I'm trying to look at, like, the Crunchyroll thing, and it's like, I don't understand how you fuckers organize your episodes. You got, like, season 1.3 or whatever. It has been fun to go through, though, on the whole. Like, cool action scenes. There's really good body horror. There's really good, like, existential dread. The main character has these powers, and he's the only one on, like, the good guy team with them in the weight of the world being literally, like, on his shoulders and how he has to deal with that is good and he's immature and stupid and it's like man how do you balance that with the fact that like hey if you kill yourself or you die or you get captured everybody's fucked and, and it's horrible and humanity dies like you know the pressure on him like there's there's really neat stuff there so i i can't fault the good stuff because the good stuff is really good i'm glad that you're giving it a fair shake and enjoying it yeah I, you know, it's interesting, like, there, there's so many things out there, and I think, like, the norm is like, hey, it's not amazing, it's not terrible, it's average. Or it's maybe a little bit above average because it, you know, hit a point where it could get published and it just distributed to a wide audience. And those things have, you know, there's, there's good and bad qualities, and I think it's okay to take them at that merit. And sometimes it's really interesting to talk about, like, the bad qualities of something that you like. Like, I really enjoyed this, but here's what didn't work or this didn't work, but I really enjoyed this part. You know, the treating media as more than just it's your, your gut reaction to it. Why won't you watch good anime that I recommend to you? When's the last time you recommended an anime to me, Cameron? I think I weekly tell you to watch the cyberpunk anime. Oh yeah, no, that checks out. That's that's probably pretty pretty true. <laughs> I'm still reading Lord of the Rings. I'm on Return of the King. I'm like 120 pages into it. That that book series gets way better as it goes. Fellowship of the Ring, a little bit of, of a slog. I don't think that's a surprise to anybody, but it's true. Uh, two no, Towers, sort of is. better. Return of the King so far. This one fucking rocks. Like, there's really cool politics. There's really good drama. There's a lot of, like, distance and time. There's some neat lore. There's fucking ghosts. It's a, it's a good time. Gimli, Aragorn, and Legolas are barely in it, which is really funny. Um, the main characters in this so far have been Merry and Pippin. It kind of Gandalf, but kind of not. Because let's be real, Gandalf just shows up when he needs to. I really love how Merry and Pippin start off as almost joke characters in this, and they're just like, we're along for the ride. We like second breakfast. And then by the end... They're like grizzled veterans who are taller because they went through some shit and they're sad and they got scars and they got sores. They're like, war is terrible and we like smoking hobbit weed. And I, I, I appreciate that a lot. I, th I think there's a lot of interesting character trajectory in these books that, that more people need to talk about in the year of our Lord 2023. Um, I might be running out of things to talk about. I, yeah, I know. I, it's, I, I know I had things to share and I'm sitting here kind of feeling a little burnt out from the week. It's been a, it's been a long week. And I say that as someone who left early today, cause I had to take my cat to the vet. Oh, Cameron, you know what happened today? It is, it is like no. 1220. I'm leaving in 10 minutes so I can go home, grab my cat, take him to the vet. On Monday, next Monday, there's a big, like, 
senior leadership presentation thing going on. So 12.20, I got two people walk into my office and they go, hey, we got a bunch of footage. Can you edit it together? We need it done by end of day. And I'm like, no, is this for Monday? And they go, yeah, we were doing this presentation. I'm like, I got to leave in 10 minutes. I might be able to do it Monday morning, but I can't guarantee it because my Monday mornings are usually fucked. So you got to send me an email with everything you need very specifically so I can do it in like 20 minutes because I'm not going to, might not have that much time. And they mm-hmm. look at me very disappointed. Like, what? that's, that's terrible. And it's like, maybe, maybe you shouldn't ask someone else to do your homework for you like two hours before it's due. Well, yeah. And I'll be honest, even if I have time to do it Monday morning, I probably won't do it. Oh, I have to do a video too. I don't know if I watched your last I, WoW video. Uh, you don't even play WoW. What do you care? I I like you though. You're my friend. Oh. Um. Oh yeah, I did. It's 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 uh it's it's got the red bar. Oh, that was BlizzCon. Yeah. I, man, I you know okay. Actually, that does kind of remind me. Um, I don't want to write negative essays. I I like editing videos and stuff, but when I sit down to write something, it's always just me complaining about shit. Uh, I, I but I don't mind listening to negative essays. <laughs> I just don't want to contribute to that on YouTube too much. That's fair. So today I listened to a two hour long video about why this guy was disappointed in Starfield. Okay. And he he itemized it out i think in very smart ways and what was interesting to me was that he talked for a long time about everything wrong with it specifically citing like older bethesda games that have done it better as well as other companies games contemporarily that have done it better and it's like why is this game so out of place and like just like poorly put together and what what kind of bummed me out was like he he I think for almost every point he compared it to cyberpunk 2077. Okay. And a lot of people are making that comparison and not so much because the games have a lot in common. They are both RPGs. Uh, they're both, I mean, you know, it's sci-fi, I guess, but they're not the same audience. They're not the same kind of RPG. I don't know that it's fair to actually compare these things. But they also like came out at the same time because there was like a really big patch and DLC for Cyberpunk that fixed the game, and then also the DLC was really really good, and that came out like the same time as Starfield. So a lot of streamers were kind of doing both. I know like Vinny was doing Starfield, and he was he was defending it, and he's open to it, and he's like, yeah, you know, it's you know, this is neat, whatever. And then he would like go to Cyberpunk. And he'd like take two steps and shoot someone, and he'd go, "Oh man, the guns feel so much better." Uh, and he would swap to melee, and he would like fight off a bunch of thugs with his sword, and he'll go, "I don't think I can play Starfield anymore." Like, it, like it, it hit him that, like, oh wow, you know, I was really like being patient with that game, and I don't know why, it, because it just feels bad. <laughs> and what I found interesting was. Uh, one of the examples this guy in the essay did, I, you know, I, if I'm going to talk about it, I should credit him. So I'm going to bring this up real quick. But one of the things about it that I found interesting was um, he would play things like side by side as like examples. And one of them was like in Starfield, you can do like a melee build. Like you can pick melee talents and you can get melee weapons, but they're all the same. Like, it, it's not even like Fallout. Like with Fallout, if you get different melee weapons, some of them act different. And also you can do stuff like, you know, you have a light attack or a heavy attack. And it's like none of that's in Starfield at all. They all just act the same. So if you get a katana or like a sci-fi katana, but then you also find like a shovel that has like a plus 19 on it, you'd rather pick the shovel and it's exactly the same. Shovel. Shovel. Um, this is from Downward Thrust. 
That's a terrible name for a channel. I hate that. It is kind of bad. Uh, but the video was The Disappointment of Starfield. And it was very fun listen. I liked it. Uh, so he he's complaining about in Starfield the melee is like so not fun. And then you go to Cyberpunk. And he showed something that I didn't even realize was a thing. It was like there's a specific takedown you can do. Where you play this one animation where you kill somebody by... Uh, you have to be like unseen. So you have to be in like a stealth state. But also right on top of somebody and also mid-air. So it doesn't come up that often. But basically it's like you're coming down. Like It's like if you jump down from a ledge and grab somebody just right. And you basically land on them and stick them with their melee weapon. Or you just like slam their face into the pavement. And their face like explodes on the floor. And what's cool about that is that it's a canned animation, but it only comes up in very specific situations. And when you figure out how to do it, it's like, oh, I know what I want to do. It's like you'll survey a scene and it's like you look at you think about your your uh, toolkit you've been playing with and what your strengths are. And it's like, I know what to do. And he plays this video where there's like a group of thugs. Uh, he jumps over the ledge and like, you know, casts a cyberpunk spell like stun grenade thing that like explodes and it like it uh it ruins everyone's vision like everyone's eyes temporarily turn off and the main character has like a quip about you know sorry if i butt in guys and you he lands on one of the thugs and, and smashes her face into the pavement and then gets up with her guns and starts like unloading on everybody and everyone's wiped out like immediately and it was this fluid thing and he went back and played it in slow motion explaining how like he did every single step and very calculated. And then like comparing that to Starfield where you don't have options. Like like you can't you can't do things or set up like cool sequences like this where like you can pull off cool trick shots. And it's like that's a that's a level of game engagement that I feel like a lot of developers don't seem to be thinking about. Sure. That creativity part. Yeah. Also, don't know if I play enough games where creativity is like a big part of it. Like, I don't know. That's probably not true. I, I finished playing Dark Souls three with Joe the other day, and that was fun. And technically, there's like a lot you can do in those games as far as builds and weapons and whatnot. But at the end of the day, I found the specific routine I wanted to be in, which is really similar to the first time I played Dark Souls three. I just stuck with it. Like, okay, I'm not playing a pyromancy build. I'm playing a wizard build. But the big wizard spell, the big pyromancy spell, like, you know, you're shooting a thing at bad guys to pull them. It's, it's kind of the same. Some of the buffs, eh, kind of similar. I'm using the katana versus an axe. Eh, you know, they're not that different. You're, you're swinging a weapon. I don't, I don't play a lot of games where, like, I have so many options that it's a thing. Just because I... I kind of don't like those. I, 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 I like being forced into a kind of a corner because I don't have to think too hard. I don't want games to be stressful. Or if they're stressful, I want them to be stressful in a very specific way. You know, I just realized, I don't know why I went on that tangent. I wanted to talk about a different part of his video. Oh, honestly, I don't know Where... what the fuck's going on, but also I'm, I'm still kind of stoned and drunk. So like this whole episode has just been a shit show. <laughs> No, so there's another sequence where he compared uh, like a dialogue scene in Cyberpunk to a dialogue scene in uh, Starfield. Okay. And what, what I found funny was it kind of turned into this long form thing where I didn't like time it, but I just forgot I was watching his video and I thought it was like a six minute like gameplay video <laughs> of, the, of the, the damn like cinema playing out because it's like you're sitting at the, the blackjack table. And your target's across the table, and, and it's like this James Bond moment where you're dealing with the supervillain, you know? Yeah. And so if you say the wrong thing, every gun in the house is on you. And you're you're doing this while betting, because you have to stay at the table, so you have to win enough that they don't, like, shoot you away without letting on that you're trying to stay at the table. And you, you know, and you have your little, like, quips, because, like, you know, she'll say something about, you. oh, yeah, you know, you really stick out in this room and, and whatever and stuff. And so, well, I have my own smooth lines to share <laughs> while there's an earpiece thing 
and somebody's like warning you, like, you know, like, don't, don't mess with her. Don't, you, know, you have to be careful. Don't, 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 don't bring that up. And like, the, it's so cinematic and there's things going on in the background. It feels like an actual casino and the like motion capture and everything where it's actors acting and all this tension. And I don't even know the context of this mission because I haven't played the DLC yet. And I'm sucked into the scene. And then he stops it and he says, and here's the best scene from Starfield. And it's just like the, you, you know how Bethesda games are where they just like flatly stare straight at you? Yeah. And it's just a character standing there and it's like, we should help the colonists. We need to get them their supplies. Maybe if we give them a reactor upgrade, they can farm themselves and it was so depressing <laughs> to compare these things. And it's like, it felt like it's not fair to compare them, but also it kind of is. I, I don't know. You can compare apples and oranges because they're both fruits. Yes. But it's not fair to bring an apple to an orange contest. My brother brings that up a lot. We're like, oh, it's like comparing apples to oranges. Like, no, no those are similar. Comparing apples to sharks or apples to dumpsters, that's where you get really different results because they're totally opposite. I hate that you brought that up because I'm trying to think of arguments now because I'm like, I'm so contrarian. I have to like compare apples and dumpsters now. Thank you. You're welcome. We're at 50- oh my gosh. We're at 57 I've minutes. Been, I, Should we- yeah, I've been so scatterbrained. Should we wrap up? Yeah. I'm I'm sorry. Before we wrap up, while you're drunk and high, I want to ask you a question. Okay. I feel like it's about time. Should we do like a music club? Oh, it has been a while, hasn't it? Uh, because we we I think we've been talking about different things we want to do next time we discuss music. Yeah. And I think we've both come up with like multiple things now. So I I want to ask you because I know like one of the things you said would be like our first album we listened to or something, right? Yes. And my problem with that is my first album's Weird Al. And so I'm probably just like, I'll repeat myself a lot, even though they're different songs. Mm-hmm. But what about the first album we bought with our own money? Ooh. I think I because... remember what mine is, and that would be a different answer. Yeah, so that, that might be fun. And that we can do it one way, that way. Or... The other theme was uh, we, we discussed, um, again, with Cyberpunk, maybe going over some of the diegetic music from Cyberpunk 2077. That could be fun. I always like it when you pick a game and walk me through the music because it you seem to approach it in a, in a different way that I would because you're, you, you, you treat games differently and you, like, you have that role play aspect when you play games. And so you relate to the, the, the background soundscape a lot more like intimately than I do. And that's always really fun for me to like go along for the ride and listen to these like mixes that you put together and like what they mean and how you interacted with the video game while you played them. Like they're, it, it's really cool. So I like both I of these idea. Very interesting too. Cause like you have such a better ear than I do. <laughs> so it's, it's funny that we found an area where like my, my musical awareness uh, fascinates you. I think, I think you, um, because you have such an, a, per, a personal way that you storytell these, uh, I get I just get like invested in it, and it's cool. Like I remember the last like Final Fantasy thing, right? We were watching these like videos, and you know it was, sometimes it was like the this one guy who did multiple videos so it was always like his character, and like this like weird like accidental story showed up. I don't know. I I like hold on to that episode as like this really special moment we did, and I know we've done others like it, and it's always it's always really cool. Uh, so I'm I'm up for either. I'm pretty sure I remember what the first album I bought was bought with my own money was. And if I don't, I mean I have one I'm gonna pick because I'm pretty. I think it's that one, and it's different than what I was gonna talk about. But it is an album I haven't listened to in a while and be would be happy to go back to. So, um, what, what's funny with me is like I'm I'm just I'm really in the cyberpunk mood. I go through moods. Sometimes I'm in the mood for Star Trek, and then I'll like go to cyberpunk. Uh, both of my choices are actually cyberpunk. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, which might actually be an interesting conversation if we go with the first album. How the fuck is your first album cyberpunk? 
Um, I well, we'll talk about it. But next <laughs> week, true. Yeah, what? Yeah, like, what? Why don't you think about what you would want to bring, or like wh- which one we want to do? And next week we'll make a decision. Okay. Because I think we're also like we're heading into the holiday. We might take a week off here, which would give us more time to like homework it out and listen. Yeah. Uh, so next week let's pick a music uh episode to do. Yeah, no, that's a good idea. Um, but first, it's a glad space. Huzzah! I feel like I have a lot of things I could choose from, which is weird because I I think this week pissed me off more than it didn't. And, and you know that's why this is such a good exercise because when you do stop and smell the roses, you go, "Wow, there's a lot of feces in these roses." <laughs> um. My my aunt came to visit on Tuesday, by on my dad's side, and and she's pretty cool. I don't I don't see her very often, but she's fairly fun to hang out with. And it was uh, it's one of those days like okay, I've been drinking too much this week. I'm not gonna have any liquor. I get in, and she's there. And my dad's like, "Hey, I'm making us all white Russians. Do you want one?" I'm like, "Oh, of course." So two of those go by, and uh, they want to go they want to go downtown to the the river where I took you, and we walked around. We took that boat ride. During the winter, uh, they do the rotary lights, so they just fill it with fucking Christmas lights, and there's all kinds of crazy stuff, and lots of lights, and um, apparently reindeer, and Santa's there, if you want to go see Santa, and I don't normally do Christmas shit, right, I, I really, have, like, I'm a Grinch, but everyone wanted to go, I'm like, yeah, let's go do this, this, is, this could be fun, and I'm drunk, and so we're walking around downtown, it's nice out, looking at all these fun Christmas lights, and like, there's a dragon, and it's spitting fire, and there's goddamn reindeer, I'm like, holy fuck, there's reindeer. We go get hot chocolate. And when we, we spent like an hour down there, just like wandering around. It's a huge light show, just like crazy, crazy light show. There's like a choir singing Christmas songs. And it was really fun. It was super pleasant. And I kept thinking, you know, if, if my friend Cameron had come here during this time of year, I would take him to this because it is a is a draw. It is a big thing lacrosse does that that people like. And it was the first time I'd ever did it. And it was cool. Reindeer are really fun little dudes. They're like deer, but they got like slightly bigger antlers. They got little billy goat like like beards. And they don't give a shit. And I and I was really happy to see some reindeer. Reindeer are fun. I like aminals. I remember uh one year at the church, uh they brought in a bunch of animals for the uh the Christmas sermon. And it's like they're all out. You get you could pet them outside the church, um, beforehand and after. You get pictures, and it was like, oh, this is cute, whatever. Uh, but then halfway through the sermon, um, it was like a it was a very like basic, you know, super basic approach to the story of Jesus being born. And so the part when the wise men came or whatever, uh, they had someone come in, but they brought the camel with them. And I don't know why they decided to bring the camel inside. And so it's like, whatever. I mean, like if they, if they know how to handle the camel, it won't be a problem. Um, so they, like they, they walked it in and they finished the point and it's like, okay, time to walk the camel out. And the camel basically didn't want to leave. And it like walked over to the pastor's wife and kept like kissing her and just like stood next to her. Cause I guess like it made friends with her beforehand. And so it just recognized her and said, like, oh, no, this is my friend. And so the camel just decided to stand there for the rest of the sermon and they could not get it to budge. That's the thing with camels, right? They're like very stubborn. They can be. Um, they yeah, they're they're they tend to be very stubborn. I think if you work them frequently enough, they get in the habit of like the sooner this is over, the sooner I can do whatever I want. But if they're just like a friendly camel that you keep on the ranch. <laughs> they get a little spoiled. I made Bing do me a goth reindeer fursona. You know what? That's actually kind of a cute design. Like, I, if you didn't tell me that was AI, I might have actually assumed it was a thing. Bing AI is fun. I did a really cool picture it with a... It was a, a worm with, like, dragon wings, and it, it was a little more dragon than worm at the end of the day, but it was kind of a cool picture. And I might put it in a, a short story, because, you know, I can do that. Yeah. 
Ooh, that person is playing a flying V. I don't know what that is. It looks like an elf. Oh, I got distracted again. My glad space. <laughs> I, I, I said I went uh, with the movies with my pep pep yesterday. Yes, yes, you did. Uh, oh, excuse me. Um, but yeah, we went and saw Godzilla minus one. Oh, I heard that was really good. It's my favorite movie of the year. Nice. I'm, I, I'm struggling to not oversell it because it's like. It just it got me so hard that I I can't um I can't express my surprise at the quality of the film without sounding like I'm overinflating it, but it just really caught me off guard. So I just I'm I'm very impressed with it. It's a remake of the original Godzilla. Like it's just super basic. It's a scary monster, and he destroys the town, and that's kind of all there is to it. On that end. But then they inserted like a uh, actual characters with like a character arc and a plot, and you actually care about that. Hell yeah! And I I don't know that I can think of a Godzilla movie where I actually care about a human being in it, let alone all of the human beings. Uh, it's it's it uses certain tropes well. It's very tropey. It it feels like a callback to stuff that you've seen before it relies a little bit on like hey you know how this goes and and you know, you know what Godzilla sounds like and so it doesn't like try too hard to reinvent the wheel sure and it moves on like in- instead of dragging too much or whatever it's like we're just gonna go through the story we're just do the movie and it's just it's it just feels so authentic uh, it's made by Japanese people in Japan and it feels like an actual movie that was made. <laughs> you know, it's not just a cheap production to get a quick buck. It's not nostalgia winking like the US ones are. It's just so good. If you took Godzilla out of it, it'd be a good movie. But the way that they weave Godzilla into the plot of these characters and make it personal is so clever. And it's just, uh, it, it was very cool. I don't know. Do you know anything about it? I don't, actually, which is funny, because, like, I, I keep hearing it's really good. And I, I feel like I've yeah, seen, like, so, like, some of the money shot stuff where, like, oh, that looks awesome. But I've never, um, I don't, I don't know, like, the plot. So, I won't say too much, uh, but I didn't realize this going in because I didn't watch the trailer. I just heard it was good and it's like, I want to see Godzilla. Uh, I it, it starts at the end of World War II, and it's like a period piece. Like it, it takes place during that time of like World War II just ended, and watching that on Pearl Harbor Day was very interesting because I spent all day like thinking about Pearl Harbor, and uh, and my dad was in the Navy, and it was just sort of weird. Like like man, I didn't expect an emotional experience <laughs> out of just spontaneously buying a Godzilla ticket today. That's cool though. Um, I, yeah, I I definitely want to see it. Like uh, the last like Japanese Godzilla movie I saw was, oh shit, what was it called? Um, was it Shin Godzilla? Yeah, that that movie okay. was awesome. That was so good. I think uh, Shin Godzilla is good. I think it relies a little bit on Rule of Cool and it and like anime effects. Probably. Uh, this one was almost like relying on being a little more old fashioned and on purpose. Interesting. A little more cinematic, I guess. Like it, it it's not, um, I, I feel like I can't even compare the two. Like it's, it's such a weird, uh, experience, like being so blown away by a, a Dagum Godzilla remake in 2023. Sure. But man. That's my glad space. Look at glad space. But we've rambled enough. I want to let you go to bed. You know, it's been a good time. We had I feel like we had fun. We did a thing. We got a possible music club lined up, which is awesome. It's been a while since we've done one of those. So, yeah, we're due. Definitely. I love, I love chatting music with you cuz you know what you're talking about. I pretend really well. 
But I think I think it is time to to wrap her up. What you call it? Uh, I I don't like I don't normally do plugs, right? Um, however, I do. I did put out a short story collection recently called Fishing for Ghosts. So if you want to read, you want to if you want to support me as an author and read my stuff, uh, go to Amazon.com uh, and search Chad Waller Fishing for Ghosts, and you will find. Uh, that and uh, I'm pretty happy with it and I think it's good so yeah have fun fishing for ghosts look out Scooby Doo indeed also fuck we gotta you, figure out we, we, I wanna figure out like a better um, a tagline hey look at that your your persona is reading my book. That's cute. I I put it in Bing. I like how our podcast evolved into Bing results. You know the hell? I'm hitting stop on the record button. Okay. I have to edit the hell out of this whole thing. I'm sorry, everybody. Also, goodbye. <laughs>